0: We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical.
1: Just one more thing.
0: Hey now! Oh boy. Holy Mechanical Armies! Mom I always liked you best. Oh, she did. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be one way. What is the other way?
1: One of these days. Are we having fun yet?
0: It's gonna be legend. Wait for it.
1: Now, you might very well think that, but of course I couldn't possibly it. Bertie Collins agreed. Oh, come on! Missed it by that much. Good evening. Hello and welcome to the Televerse Sound On Sites TV podcast. This is Kate Kulczyk and I'm joined as ever by Simon Howell. Simon, how's it going?
0: Uh, It's all right all right. I, I am a I am apartmented, did, did, yes. which I'm excited about. Uh, but I also, like, uh, between the Homeland finale last night and Zero Dark Thirty this morning, I'm all terrorismed out. I don't want to think about terrorism ever again.
1: <laughs> you ought to watch some, uh, some, go on YouTube and fall into a spiral of uh, puppies or rabbits that are friends with lambs or something.
0: Yeah, I'm going to just have to yeah a uh, Gangnam Style K-pop K-hole or something. <laughs> and I'll I'll figure something out.
1: So we uh we had a lot going on this week on TV. There weren't actually that many different episodes since so many series have have gone into their their hiatuses, but uh we we did have a bunch of ones that were interesting and worth discussing. Yes. Uh we are going to have a season spotlight of course on on Homeland coming at the very end of the show, but we're rather than spotlighting one particular episode or another, we're just going to kind of go through our weekend TV at a little more leisurely pace. And, and really get into the, the few episodes that we want to really talk about. Yep. Before we get into that, though, quickly, uh, at the site, it's still Tarantino Month. You guys have just a bajillion things going up about that.
0: Yeah, and we, we've still we've recorded everything except for our Django Unchained show, which is because I'm the only one who's seen it, as far as I know.
1: Jealous! So, uh,
0: yeah, don't be that jealous. Anyway, um, we, uh, so that's getting recorded, I think, sometime uh, later this week. And yes, lots of columns going up, and of course, also lots of Lord of the Rings content. We just, of course, did our epic Lord of the Rings show uh, last week, and we also just recorded an excellent show on The Hobbit with one of my very favorite film critics, Nick Shager, who ended up being just as cool as I was always hoping he was. So that's always good news, and that was also quite a long one. We ended up digressing uh, quite a bit, because the movie wasn't that interesting. So, uh, yeah, so do check that out. It was a really good show, despite us not be what despite most of us not being all that enthused about the movie itself
1: yeah i'm looking forward to to listening to that i actually i had a lot of fun talking with you guys uh the listeners that is on, on twitter about the hobbit uh there's a few of us at least who are going back and forth a bit it was uh a lot of fun to to be able to have that conversation with you guys. Also heard from uh, Beth, who liked having the stuff you Missed in history class, ladies, on last week. For which, of course, we we talked to them about Friends, and apparently she still has her Rembrandt's CD uh, from from back in the day. So that kind that made my my heart grow warm. Uh, lots of wow. fond memories of that theme song. Um, but yeah, lots of Hobbit, lots of uh, lot lots of less TV centric. Uh, talking this week but it was still great to hear from you guys we don't have any new itunes ratings or reviews this week but the last thing before we get into our weekend in tv we're gonna have uh some some vlog shows coming for you guys the next few weeks next week we're gonna have our top 10 we have our sound and site top 10 in and, and a-
0: actually top 20
1: something 24 i want to say because there were a lot of ties
0: yeah, but it's it's an, it's an epic list. We're very, very happy with it. We think it's a little bit better than last year, but we're biased, so.
1: Of course we're biased. Basically, that just means that the site agrees with us. With roughly. us, yes. Yeah. Um, so that should be coming out later this week. Next week, we'll have our podcast about our top tens, and then so that'll come out on Christmas, and then the week after, we're going to have sort of a best of the rest kind of blowout, all bunch of different categories. If you guys have a, a suggestion for a category you'd like to hear, Let's discuss or or list off a few things, you know, that come to mind. Let us know. Of course, you can always email us at televerse at gmail.com. And we're both on Twitter. We'll have all of our contact info at the end of the show. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of really good TV this year.
0: Yes. And I'm also looking forward to 2013 because I always forget that, like, the first half of of any year is sort of a wasteland, uh, especially over time uh, for film. But it's actually a really underrated time for television. So, yeah. it's all kinds of good and potentially good stuff coming up in that time period. So, very It's going to be
1: great. Yeah. But uh let's let's look at this week in TV before we get too ahead of ourselves. We have on Tuesday, uh, New Girl, uh, Santa, The Mindy Project, Josh and Mindy's Christmas Party and Happy Endings to Serve with Love. Yeah,
0: you know, I I didn't see Mindy, but of the of the two that I did see New Girl and Happy Endings, I'm going to have to give it to New Girl. Uh, lots of good stuff in this episode, and I have to say, I don't think I laughed more at anything than the few seconds we got of Schmidt's striptease, <laughs> which was fantastic. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm shocked to still be enjoying Olivia Munn on this show. I don't. It makes me feel strange.
1: At what point? Because yeah, we both liked her when she was used well, at least on the newsroom. At what point do you just have to admit that Olivia Munn, with the right character, can be really good?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't want to have to. Uh, I can't do that yet. So that's my tacit agreeing with you. I just can't <laughs> actually say the
1: words. Fair enough. Yeah, these were these were pretty solid episodes. I I enjoyed that uh, they had the the gang go out on New Girl to to everybody else's Christmas party rather than throwing their own. It allowed for a lot more flexibility and that was kind of cool. I enjoyed seeing Sam back. I you know that could be interesting. We'll see where that goes and. Uh, the 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 Schmidt and, and Cece, you know, relationship, it's nice. If they're going to actually commit to them as friends rather than together, then if, if they stick with this, basically, then I like what they're doing. If oh, that's not going to happen. If immediately digress, then I have a significant issue with it.
0: Well, I don't really see how the show can play them off as friends for very long, considering they're very open about the fact that Schmidt is in love with her and wants her back and Yeah, you know, and is basically enthralled to her, so it's like I don't really see them doing that for any period of time. So basically, I don't see the show going your way on this.
1: (laughs) Probably not. You're you're probably right, Um, but we'll we'll see. I'm gonna hold out hope for some reason on that one. I liked the the Mindy project. We had the the rather uh, epic sort of breakup with uh, Josh and Mindy. This week, we find out that Mindy is the other woman and that Josh has been with, uh, actually, uh, Ellie Kemper for two years. And she comes on in a delightfully crazy uh, guest appearance. She is normally, you know, such a different persona. You know, for of course, she's on The Office. And whenever she pops up, she seems to play very similar characters to Aaron. And so to see her on the other end of the spectrum was a lot of fun. And also just, you know, the details of, of the episode were a lot of fun for me. So I actually really liked... This week's happy ending and uh, I or this week's Mindy yeah, project, yeah. and I didn't get to happy endings, but I did. Uh, we do have a, a review up from Josh about this episode, and I love me some Julie Haggerty, so I'm gonna have to catch up with that asap.
0: Yeah, it was another solid happy endings outing. I I I keep finding myself with so little to say about happy endings that I should really just shut up. But it's it's been, uh, you know, they decide to uh, deal a little bit more directly with the Alex and and Dave situation, and. You know, uh, again, they're sticking to their guns on that, which is nice to see. As much as they're, I guess the um, they're the oh god, Um, they're they're the Anne and Tom of of happy endings to some degree, (laughs) Um, but maybe not quite as nauseating. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're sticking to it. So I, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciated all the scenes of trying to get Crystal McDonald to crack up. And what eventually worked was, I think, uh, almost poetic.
1: <laughs> up next on Tuesday, we have our first uh, potential spotlight show, which was Parenthood and What to My Wondering Eyes, uh, which is the episode that I think had anyone with even a smidgen of a soul weeping at some weeping, point. Weeping, yes. It. Open
0: open-faced weeping. You you could have filled a you could have filled a lake probably between between us. I mean, we weren't we weren't watching it at the same time, but I I could picture it happening. Um yeah, I mean, Parenthood frustrates me sometimes because some stuff in this episode was so good and some of it was so strange and some of it was so rushed. And I mean, for instance, the whole thing with Sarah and Ray Romano. I mean, it, it seems like they skipped a few episodes there and just decided to, to fast forward right to the part where we all pretend uh, that Jason Ritter doesn't exist, which just it seemed like that
1: happened way too fast. Is that just me? No, it does feel uh, rushed. but I've basically uh, been w- with, I enjoy having Ray Romano on the show. So I, I am sort of dreading when this, I assume must happen, but uh, Hank's got to just move to Minneapolis, right? That's, what makes sense. He's a photographer. It's not like you can't be a photographer, you know, in, in Minnesota. And so I, I just keep waiting for him to the character to realize this and move away. And so assuming, cause I'm just sort of operating under the assumption that that is what's coming for that. And, and so therefore having the somewhat rushed, uh, coupling of the two of them made sense to me because I don't think they're going to turn this into a long term relationship for her
0: okay so basically you're okay with it because you're assuming it's going to do something annoying later
1: no i'm i'm okay with it because uh i don't think that they're trying to sell the two of them as some sort of forever couple that they really like each other but it doesn't i don't think they're trying to build up a a long-term investment in hank the way that perhaps they have with the other characters
0: yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I just, I don't know why I'm supposed to care about Sarah right now with with how impulsive she is in throwing herself into this right after what happened. It just, it's it's a way to get me to disengage from that character uh, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, and I'm sorry, but the stuff, uh, we're gonna get to the stuff that was good, obviously, but the stuff, the Santa stuff was such treacle. I did not need to watch that. I'm sorry. Especially the magical disappearing Santa at the end. What the fuck was that?
1: I, I would have actually liked uh, if if we had, even if just later we had gotten, I don't know, Zeke or somebody passing him a 20, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I actually would have liked that if we had seen him like sneaking around the corner or something at the end of the shot.
0: Yeah. Instead of magically disappearing.
1: Like magically disappearing in the eyes of the kids. I, that's great. That works and, for and- me.
0: But, and, and the camera. And yeah, the camera.
1: And not the cam. The, the, the part that doesn't work for me is the camera. So the camera yes, should
0: yeah. see that him was, leaving.
1: And to have this in the
0: same episode where with Monica Potter and her stellar work in that video goodbye. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was 99.100% certain that, they, that she was not going to die in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, come on, you're not going to kill off monica potter in the christmas episode is just too cruel every other future christmas episode of the show is going to be depressing as a result um yeah so i, I knew they weren't going to do that but still uh that that scene of peter kraus and monica potter are both so good in that scene even though they're not technically working off of each other
1: yeah no it was uh it was a beautiful scene and i i, I was sitting there watching going i know they're probably not gonna kill her off they, they they're not gonna kill her off but it would be so awesome if they did. As much as I, <laughs> you were
0: thinking it would be awesome.
1: Well, just, as much as I love Monica Potter on this show, and I don't want the show to necessarily change in the way that 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 her, Christina dying would force it to change, it would just be such a wonderfully welcome, you know, bit of reality that, you know, sometimes this happens. And you know, what's when's the last time you can remember a character who has some sort of disease or a terminal disease like this? Getting a cold and dying in the middle of a season.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. It would have been
1: awesome. You using the word, uh,
0: the you using the word awesome to describe that potential development is just so sadistic. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but obviously, it's it's the through line of the whole season. Everything involving the cancer subplot is good, except for that that time when remember when they tried to convince Hattie there wasn't a problem, and then it never came up again. She just sort of reappeared. That was an odd decision.
1: Well, and also the fact that she just reappears here, and it's not like, oh, my mom's in the hospital. What the fuck? It's just, yeah, yes, I'll go. Of course, she's in the hospital because she has cancer. You know, like, I feel like we missed a stage of that, but maybe it's coming.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think they just skipped right over that, which, which is fine. But then, why would you do the whole deception thing in the first place? Uh, so that seemed like an odd decision.
1: Cause they want us to like Hattie, so they want they they want Hattie to not want to go, and they need a reason for her. To, you know, I, it it just doesn't feel as, it feels strange from a TV perspective. Like this as a television show, it feels kind of odd.
0: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you know, I I think we're on the same page. Just the good stuff matters more to you than me. Cause... Well, yeah,
1: the bad stuff didn't. You know, the 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 things that were bothering you didn't either. Didn't bother me at all. The Hank stuff. You know and it also doesn't help that Ray Romano's killing it.
0: Yes, he absolutely is. And actually I he got the other scene of the episode where I was kind of tearing up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, where he was talking about how he can, he could never be happy. I was like, "Oh,
1: Ray Romano,
0: you're killing me right now. You're killing me with this shit." Uh God now, damn it.
1: Before I forget, I did want to mention cuz I should have said it in you know the the new girl section. But as the my the the amount that I was like, uh Okay, I guess I'll give it to you, but I don't, I'm not happy to, with the Santa in this, is how much I loved Black Santa in New Girl. Yes,
0: yes, Black <laughs> Santa was so good.
1: They're like the perfect parallels.
0: Not my favorite TV Santa of the season, I'm going to get to him later, but he's a pretty good second favorite.
1: Yeah, the other part of this episode, though, that I really loved is I loved that scene we got with Matt Lauria and Mae Whitman and a big part of that is because I did not expect the show to to have May Whitman stand up for herself and do the right thing for her. I kept waiting for oh, he's gonna show up and it's Christmas, and he's gonna come in, and the family's gonna give him a big hug and you know the 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 uncle's gonna forgive him for screwing up you know and so I was so, so happy to see you know we i feel like the show never see has any scenes with May Whitman and and, and uh, Lauren Graham even though that's her mom and so to see yes. her decisions so clearly um reflect you know reflected by what she experienced her mom going through in seasons that we didn't see but then also to have you know Sarah's perhaps poor relationships decisions you know in this episode itself with Hank and then to see how that is you know informs what what we get with May Whitman's character It was wonderful. I loved it.
0: Yeah, that was good. And I I think it it also brings up uh, an interesting issue with which the show is kind of uh, rightfully ambivalent about, which is how much work should a relationship be? Mm -hmm. How much is the appropriate amount of struggle and how much is too much? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for Mae Whitman's character, she argues that 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 he's crossed a line and it's too much. You could perhaps see it another way where, you know, it's. It's, you know, if they work, if they continue to work on it, they could really be compatible. Uh, but given her background, it makes sense for her to not think that. And I don't think the show f- takes her as being necessarily wrong or right. Just, you know, right for her. And I think mm-hmm. that was a, an, an interesting step. I'll be curious to see if they stick to that.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree, especially about that last point. I feel like usually shows like this that have such a strong family theme and, and uh, it's about, you know, all good people. If you have somebody who's damaged like this character is, there's this notion of everybody else fixing them. And so to have her, you know, I can't fix you. You need to fix you. And right now I can't, it won't help me to be with you.
0: Or, or, or more, more importantly, maybe I can fix you, but I don't want to, I don't want that job.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's so just to see a different, yeah, to see the other side of that, which I feel is completely underrepresented, and and also under usually the shows that do do that, the the boy, it's always a boyfriend, it's never a girlfriend who's the one who needs the fixing usually, and uh the uh, it's always like a an abusive relationship or something where we're rooting for her to to dump his ass, and that's not the case here, and it's so much more interesting, and uh, yeah, I know, and of course May Whitman keeps killing it, she's wonderful, yes. so that that doesn't hurt either, but uh, yeah see i was I was all about spotlighting parented, but I guess the you know the they were just those couple deal breakers for you
0: yeah, I mean it was it was a good episode. I just it's just the decision making of what to juxtapose in an episode like this is just bizarre to me because we've got so much heavy dramatic stuff that really works, and then
1: there's light feathery
0: Christmas stuff with the kids. It's like
1: why am I supposed <laughs> to care about
0: this right now? I so don't care about this right now,
1: yeah, you know, we need maybe we needed more uh hi Monica Potter, at least we didn't get any Pamela Adlin.
0: Yeah, and I didn't. That's not a sentence I ever expected to agree with. <laughs> oh well.
1: Oh well. Next on Wednesday we have Top Chef Seattle, uh, which saw the characters going back to their roots uh, for this episode, and uh, in a distinct improvement in, in the uh, in the food. But for me, this episode was made by the inclusion of Chris Pratt. Also Anna Ferris, but really Chris Pratt.
0: Yes. Uh, well, there were a few good things. First of all, as soon as we saw an old lady in the dining room, I was like, that's totally Marilyn Haggerty, isn't it?
1: <laughs> and it was
0: totally Marilyn Haggerty. And I don't know if it was actually smart to bring her on, but it was definitely hilarious. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm a big unironic fan of her Olive Garden review. And uh, it, it was strange to have a guest on who clearly uh, wasn't up to their usual le- level of refinement in terms of palate and you know cultural specificity but uh it was it was still fun to watch and yes chris pratt and anna faris were so delightful to have on and there was just like there was an unusually unpretentious air to that party Mm uh even if it was perhaps contrived for the show um it it felt more off the cuff than usual which was nice and yes the food was actually good which was nice to see
1: I just think the show's done such a great job uh, in recent seasons, and mostly I just have two examples of finding awesome celebrities, so they're on because they're a celebrity, but finding entertaining, knowledgeable uh, people to come on to be the guests mm-hmm. that aren't food critics, that aren't you know that aren't cooks, so, so they have a different perspective on the food but who are incredibly entertaining and fun. So we had, last season we had Charlize Theron, and this this season we have Anna Ferris and, and Chris Pratt. And if they can keep bringing in uh, guests this entertaining to be their random you know, celebrity people that they have to cook food for, I will be a happy viewer.
0: Yeah, I, I, Charlize Theron is still the high-water mark, but this is pretty damn good. I was also amused by Chris Pratt uh, using the term umami seriously after it appeared as a punchline on Parks and Rec. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I definitely enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty great. Also on Wednesday, we have American Horror Story Asylum, which uh, perhaps after all of the top ten buzz that has been getting, it was on the AFI list, it's on Mo Ryan's top ten, you decided to check back out, and uh, what did you think?
0: Yeah, a little bit of a mea culpa for me. I hated, 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 hated. Hated, did not like... American Horror Story Season 1, or as it's now called, Murder House, which is very confusing to me. Um, but I I kept hearing good things about this season, and I am a horror fan, even if I'm not necessarily a, always a Ryan Murphy fan. So I decided, oh, why not? I'll give it another shot. And I have to say, I think this is the ideal use. Uh, you know, this setting, this uh, this set of characters, I think is a much better fit for the american horror story aesthetic which is also a lot more coherent than it was last time around and i want to give the credit for that uh partially to tim Minier, who i noticed wrote the first episode of the season which kind of uh sets everything up and I've, i i i am i am inclined to think he had a bigger role in shaping things this time around so i think that probably has a lot to do with why it's uh, roughly two thousand percent better than it was <laughs> in season one um but I, I wanted to, to mention specifically uh, there there were three episodes I thought were really strong. Uh, the first two were the um, the the I am and Frank two-parter, guest starring Franca Potente, who uh, I guess is best known still as Lola from Run Lola Run, and was sort of wasted on the on the Shield, and uh, gets a pretty plum guest part here, and she's she's great, and it's a, a really fun two-parter. And also Ian McShane uh, showing up last week as uh essentially evil santa claus uh in an episode called Unholy Night and he's actually still kicking around the show but that's really his showcase episode and that was that's easily the best part I've seen him get since Deadwood so that was you know just just such a welcome sight i also like Francis Conroy as the angel of death uh who appears to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a recurring presence but i i guess my one sort of thing i'm not so sure about with this season specifically is uh, it's a much nastier season than season one was. It's it's much more violent. It's much more unpleasant, uh, and which is which are not you know these are not negative qualities for a horror series to have. Um, it's a lot more unsettling. It's uh, some of it is actually actually threatens to be scary, which season one never did for me. Uh, but I I am a little bit unsettled with with the ratio of how much of the unpleasantness and violence and sexual abuse and horrible things are directed at women. Well, on one hand, I, it does sort of make sense with the 1964 and earlier setting. Uh, the And I don't think it fetishizes the violence towards women in the same way as something like, for instance, uh, the, the bits of elementary that we watched did. Uh, it is a and, bit of a... And,
1: and the following will, when we get to it. And
0: Yes, I was going to mention, and you seem to think the following does as well, um, which I haven't watched yet. So I don't think it's that problem. It's just the, the sheer numbers. If I start to think about the worst things that have happened on the show, they're almost all directed at women. And I, I do, that is a bit of a, a difficulty for me. I'm, I'm hoping they uh, tip those scales a little bit in the, uh, in the final few episodes, but I'm shocked at how much I've enjoyed this season. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a a bit of a, a bit of a mea culpa for me.
1: Now, does that mean it's going to appear on your top 10 or do you want to, I don't know if you want to tell us or what, hold that up till next week, but uh, how, just how much are you liking this, this season? Uh,
0: um, I'm not going to say yet, but because you know, that preserve that a little bit of mystery.
1: It's at least in contention.
0: It 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 was at some point in contention, and maybe still is. Like I can't say, but uh, I I am I am shocked to be enjoying American Horror Story, considering you know how much. I mean, I think the pilot to American Horror Story is one of the worst things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was one so. of our. It was one of the things we enjoyed the least of everything we watched last year. So that is a yeah. huge turnaround. So you're, I assume that means you're going to finish up the season and check out next season?
0: Yes. If, if And if they can, honestly, I think American Horror Story works a lot better in a period setting. So if anything, I'm hoping the next season takes place even further back in the past. I would love to see them do a, a Salem 1690s season. I think that would kick ass. Um, I don't ever want to, I don't really need to see them go back to the present at all.
1: Interesting. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that next. Uh, I look forward. I don't know that I want to see it, but I, it does make me feel uh, quite a bit better uh, with what you because know, I keep hearing all this ridiculous praise, just like very. Uh, I shouldn't say ridiculous, but just very enthusiastic praise for American Horror Story. Um, and I was hearing a bit of that last season and thought that it was not good, and so I was very confused as to you know if it was just the same people who still like the show or if it had changed in in any meaningful way so that's interesting
0: and i think also the show is doing the whole pulpy violent thrills thing uh, a lot better than something like dexter is doing right now and it's doing it in a way where it's actually got coherent characters which is not something i was expecting so uh yeah and it's and it's having—it's just having a blast with its own mysteries and its own mythology. Like th- this season is just as much Black Christmas as it is The X Files as it is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I've seen and all those things. I know, and they're—they're <laughs> throwing—they're throwing all that in there with some French pop tunes. So I can't really—can't really complain.
1: Is it on hiatus or is it gonna finish up? In the next,
0: it's, I, I I think it's going straight for the next few weeks. It's got three or four episodes left. I could be wrong, though. And actually, to segue from one series featuring Liz, Lizzie Brochere as a thoroughly insane French lady to wherein she plays merely an erratic French lady, it's The Hour.
1: Woo, The Hour. Uh, I know I've been a bigger fan of this season than you. Uh, what did you think of this episode? You know, I
0: I don't dislike the hour in any way. I think it's stylish and fun to watch. It's got a great cast and you know some some good snap to the writing. But I I think that the show's biggest problem is how pat and predictable a lot of it is. If you really start to think about it, for instance, you know we're I feel like you know we're starting to by the end of the season we're going to see this police captain deposed, and that's just the only way it's going to happen. I mean, do you foresee a a, a different a a different outcome here
1: um well yes but just because of twitter (laughs) and people reacting to the finale when it aired over in the uk Uh, oh so i don't want to say anything else (laughs) about that but i I do get where you're coming from i think that um i think the first season was stronger than what we've gotten so far this season despite my love of peter capaldi and actually I, i enjoyed a what it looks like we're going to be getting from him this, uh, next few weeks. But the, uh, th- the overall narrative, I'm not interested in Kiki and I'm also not interested in watching Hector drink himself to death. And so I think they need to start really moving that storyline in a different direction because it's gotten very repetitive and frankly, not interesting. So uh, I don't know what they need to do quite to, to steer out of the skid of, of that for me, but I'm definitely starting to tire of elements to the show, whereas last season it felt much more compelling. Um, speaking of erratic Frenchwoman, what did you think of, of her? What do you think of and that, that relationship? Are you having more more um, fun with Wishaw, or you know is he still not working for you?
0: Uh, no, he, he's I, he definitely is growing on me. Um, I don't feel like we really know that much about their relationship still. I mean, we know that she is tempestuous, um, and I I do like her quite a bit on both uh, this and American Horror Story, but uh, I I don't feel like we've spent a whole lot of time with just them, you know, seeing how they interact. So often, um, you know, Rumblegurize character will be in the room as well, or or they'll just be in crisis mode, and we, we don't really know, you know, sort of what they're in and out daily life is like uh so i I, i'm not really sure i could offer an opinion on that because i'm not sure they've given us enough to go on
1: fair enough the most interesting part of the show as far as i'm concerned is the broadcast and uh some of the stuff that they've been doing in the broadcast has been interesting and uh, compelling television but nothing so far compares to last season's suez crisis and the build towards that um and of course the the um the spy drama element was far more tied into the show than it feels like this nightclub storyline is here. So, uh, if you do ever get to watching the first season, I'll be interested to see what you think. But I'm, I'm disappointed to not be enjoying The Hour more. I, I do still very much like it, but last year it was a serious top 10 contender for me, and this year it's not.
0: Yeah. Like, did, did we even have a broadcast segment this episode?
1: Yes, we had the because uh, of course uh, Hector. Oh, we were, yes, and we the, had
0: Hector in the and yes, the we had Hector in the interview, which was a nice scene. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, for, for instance, even just things like you know bringing in uh, Ben Washe as a as a co-anchor, and then you know it would have been nice to see you know how how does the audience feel about it? you know how is he polling? Is he popular as Hector? Is he not? You know that he they brought him in and it just sort of assumed that it's going okay and hasn't really been analyzed, even though it was a really big thing to do. So that seems like something I'm I'm hoping they check in on that at some point.
1: Yeah, well, it's been uh, I'm still glad to have it as you say. It it is a really stylish show and it is a fun one. Um, I just I I know they're capable of more. So hopefully we'll have happier things to say about the hour as we move forward, and it's one of the few shows continuing through this hiatus. Next up is Thursday and Always Sunny and The League. And we, we had uh, The Gang Dines Out in Always Sunny and then Our Dinner with Andre and 12-12-12 for The League. It's, it seems like FX is really trying to, to dump the rest of the season of The League. I mean, I guess they wanted the 12-12-12 to air close to that date, but still... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know exactly what's going on. It seems like Always Sunny has a short season. It's only ten episodes, so it seems like they're trying to pair up Always Sunny in the League as much as possible, even though the League has a longer season. I also don't know. I don't think the League's been officially renewed for next year, unlike Always Sunny. I could be wrong, but I couldn't find a confirmation on that. So this might be the last we see of the League. But uh, I'd say of the three episodes, really only one of them worked for me. And uh, for me, it was the uh, the second episode of the, of the League was the stronger of the two um and always sunny was kind of bad.
1: Oh, see, I was okay with uh Always Sunny. I was okay with parts of it. Um the jokes did get a little old uh, cuz they kept going to the same things and I don't know I I feel like maybe the the Always Sunny gang needs to to do what Louis is doing and take a year off to get some, you know, creative juices flowing again just because mm-hmm. so much of the season has felt like not enough ideas stretched out, you know. But
0: it, it it just felt like one really lame gag stretched out in one location.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It 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 felt like like a like a pitch meeting that somehow became an episode, and I I don't really know how that happened.
1: Well, because in, in in theory, I like the idea of what this episode is, but I kept waiting for something else to happen, and it was no. This entire episode was just. Dennis versus uh, versus Frank in a battle of wills, and that was it. Yeah, uh, and D at...
0: being and D getting you know shoved to the side, yeah, as usual. Uh, I, the only part that I really chuckled at was Charlie and uh, and Mac sharing that longing look across the restaurant. <laughs> that was that great. was pretty good. Yeah, uh, rest rest of the episode not so successful. Um, but yeah, of, of the t- of the two episodes of, of the league, I really only liked um, I think it was twelve, twelve, twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that ended with, with that random and not very funny scene with Seth Rogen and Raffy, which again, please no Raffy ever.
1: <laughs> the, uh, the trouble with the dinner, our dinner with Andre that is, is that I think when the show reminds us or when the show makes the characters that mean to, to Andre, cause that's the only character it seems like they're that mean to, it, it like, obviously these are characters who spend the the largest percentage of their time giving each other a hard time and basically being assholes to each other. But there's a level of cruelty to it. And maybe it's just in the performing in Andre, you know, in, in his performance. Uh, But I think what they remind us of the characters, you know, when they make the characters feel more like like the always sunny gang, then I don't like them and I don't want to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that might be, you know, the balance issue you know
0: yeah whereas i think twelve, twelve, twelve does a better job sort of mm-hmm. explaining why they keep andre around like the, the the way that they actually try to shelter him from uh from his what from what seems like uh you know the, the shyster played by uh J- jama mays and then you know having having that sort of turned around I, I i like that they actually gave him a win uh for the first time in perhaps the entire series history <laughs> uh and, and yeah, it was also just the funnier and more, uh, and sort of more pleasant episode to watch.
1: Yeah. So, so I, you know, if we don't get any more of le- the league, I will actually be disappointed because I've come to really enjoy the show, but I guess I still have some previous seasons I can yeah, catch up I,
0: with. I, I, I will say that season two is by far the best season. Uh, yeah. i'm I'm not sure what it is, but I, I really felt like they, they clicked, uh, especially that season. And if you're curious, you can always go to the uh, league Wikipedia page and check up on old season stats because they're all there.
1: Oh, interesting, cool. Um, next on Thursday is The Vampire Diaries. O come, all ye faithful, which is their fall finale, and uh, featured also
0: their Christmas episode and
1: their Christmas episode. Yes, and another dance. They they have so many dances or uh, you know activities or what what whatever it's called. Uh, they got
0: to keep their they got to Mysticals. keep their minds off the fact that everyone is dead.
1: Yeah. That was a uh, rather. I mean, I, I I was disappointed that they killed off Tyler's mom. As as great as that scene was, and very well played by by both the actors involved. It's there are so few adults on this show at this point. <laughs> yeah. That I, I feel like it, you know, I'm glad that they haven't killed off. Well, uh, no, no, no. There's lots Ford. of adults
0: on the show. There's lots of adults on the show. They're just all playing teenagers. They're all <laughs>
1: pretending to be teenagers. Yes, there's that. Oh, this this notion of oh, there are too many adults around. They they'll see me drinking booze and i'm supposed to be in high school. They at every 2 seconds there's adults around watching all of the teenagers <laughs> drink all of the booze. It's
0: Yeah, they they just need they need to stop pretending vampire diaries is set on earth. It well, just clearly isn't.
1: I wish they would stop pretending that they're supposed to be high school students. So every time they remind us that it's senior year, it you know, it, it just feels incredibly false.
0: Yeah, they need to have graduation day yesterday. They need to get that over with so we can start putting them in college.
1: Well, I assume that uh, they or were college already. Age. Yeah, I assume that they were already into college until you know earlier this season they had us. You know, had them show up back up at the high school, and I was like, "Wait, they're not done with this yet? I thought they all graduated."
0: Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's, I'm sure they'll speed past that honestly. But the way they do things, graduation day will probably be the the series uh, the season finale. But anyway, uh, I was just really glad they killed off most of the hybrids because I was really sick of looking at them.
1: Yeah, I was not... I mean, as, as interesting as it would have been to give Tyler something else to do, as in give him a wolf pack so that, you know, he's not just standing around being adjacent to all the vampire stories. <laughs> um, the, uh, ha- having that you know, that out of the way and especially that, you know, another parallel to, to True Blood gone, I think is probably a good move on their part. The the fact, I, I, I'm all, I'm almost annoyed with how the characters have managed to not say the one or two words that would make everything click in for, for people. You know, like, Bonnie hasn't said expression where Damon can hear it. You know, there's been two, you know, different things like that where all, all the various characters have the pieces of information that they need. They just haven't happened to mention them to each other because they don't know oh. that they're important.
0: Although, can I just say expression is an incredibly innocuous term for what's supposed to be, like, insane, crazy
1: black magic? That's true. That is true. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Silas, I really don't care. Let's talk about the part of the episode that I do care about. I I liked that they ended with Damon doing his best to break the sire bond, but, but I liked that they gave an episode for him to reflect on it, so that it mm-hmm. can't just be a, oh, it was a racist decision, I shouldn't have done it, you know, so it... They didn't give the character that out. Um, yeah, and I hope that we don't get too much prolonged brother drama next week, but we'll see. Or I guess when the show returns.
0: Yes. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping the back half of this season speeds it up a lot. In. In what used to be Vampire Diaries style. Because it seems like they've been content to slow it down, and it's not a good look. E- even though I-, I did like this episode, and I I liked having just the the macabre last ten minutes all set to cr- che- cheery Christmas music. It was <laughs> it was a nice touch. But you know, I'm I'm I appreciate these things.
1: Um, I and I guess the last thing for me is, what do you think is next for? Is it April?
0: Um, death. I still think she's doomed, just because she doesn't look like she belongs on this show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, Rebecca's back in play, so that should that should be interesting. I enjoy Claire Holt, so we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes next. Uh, in our next uh, fall finale, we have from Thursday, Last Resort and Blue Water. Last week, I said I was good with the kidnapping of Christine. Of course, that's uh, Scott Spierman's wife or Je- Jesse Schramm's character, because of what it looked like it was going to lead to. It, I was intrigued by having you know the people off the island for some legitimate reason. And, uh, you know, interested in what that had the potential to be. I did not expect it to get wrapped up in one episode. What did you think yes. of that?
0: Uh, I like it when Last Resort gets speedy. Uh, it's what it should do mostly all the time. But, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot, lots of good stuff in this episode. I, I was absol- I, I really liked the, uh, the notion of them quasi-teaming up with China. I thought that was sort of a fascinating idea. And this is – actually, it's the thing that I like best about Last Resort is, is uh, you know, it's, its function as a what-if political military simulator, which actually I think it does that function in a much more convincing way than Homeland does, uh, which is not something I was expecting to say. But that's partially a function of what's happened on Homeland this season and partially a function of what this show does well. I don't think this is as good a show as Homeland in really any way. But, uh, I, I do think as a, as a sort of speculative, uh, generation machine, I do think it's, it's, it's spat up some really interesting stuff. And I think a lot of it we, we saw in this episode.
1: Yeah. The, the, the stuff with China, very interesting. The re- resolution to the brig situation was interesting. I was a little worried we were going to be having some decimation on our hands and, uh, I'm glad we have an intermediary uh, part a stage, I guess, before we get to that. I do not care about the Cobb's drug use, and that they are going oh, but... exactly the direction we anticipated with that. That's unfortunate.
0: I don't know about that. I mean, it. It's. I. I like that we skipped over the episodes of him in the wild and just got him back. Yeah. Um. And whether or not he'll. Uh, I don't know if we know exactly where that's going yet. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give them a little bit of faith on this one. Okay. But uh, I, I I I do I I did like uh, Robert Patrick and his uh, his interaction with Daisy Betts and sort of trying to trying to keep his uh, his image even though it's plainly obvious that he's not uh, not all there.
1: Her interactions with Andre Brower were also really nice this episode. Uh, ch- you know, changing up that dynamic to some extent by having her function as the XO. I think gave us a lot, uh, gave her a lot more interesting things to do, and uh, gave yeah. us again that that father daughter dynamic that can be a lot of fun in uh, yeah. military shows. I, I
0: I don't know how I feel about Jesse Scream being kidnapped again. I by know different how I feel,
1: <laughs> and I'm not happy about it. I, I if uh. it if it felt like it, it had any purpose other than to let. Uh, Sam think his wife is dead, so that he'll hook up with the French uh, lady, so that there can be a, a love triangle. Then I would be more okay with it. But it right. really uh, feels like that.
0: On on the plus side, the show probably doesn't have enough episodes left for there to, for them to do a proper love triangle. So you can look forward They've to that. They've been doing I guess.
1: a love triangle for a while with them, and then and to not, end not the episode properly, on though. on a longing glance. I mean, come on.
0: Uh, well, it's it's not a real love triangle. I mean.
1: She's like him uh, for quite a while. That's, yeah, I
0: suppose, but you know they were on drugs at the time. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm trying not to think about that aspect <laughs> of the show too much, to be honest. I'm just gonna I'm focusing on the fact that there's only like four episodes left, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping they they use that time for maximum damage.
1: The next show we have is Fringe, of course, on Fridays, and this was Black Blotter, and this was the one that you wanted to spotlight. I was absolutely fine with spotlighting about a. Th- third to a half of this episode and then less so less convinced about the rest of it uh can we all agree though that monty python walter trip uh trip scenes need to happen way more uh
0: yeah well i mean this was the uh the token crazy episode they tend to do these around episode 19 they're not going to get 19 episodes this time around so they did it on episode 9 uh, that you may remember, there was a musical episode and a partially animated episode, and this was their, uh, you know, Walter tripping out episode. Uh, I, I, you know, the 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 like Tinkerbell effects I wasn't so crazy about, but the animation stuff was incredible. Uh, and I don't know exactly who to thank for aping Terry Gilliam's animation style, but they did an incredible job. Uh, holy crap, that it was, was awesome. so so awesome <laughs> and so note perfect as a as a tribute, just incredible. Um, well and it makes yeah, sense they,
1: with Walter's brain too
0: yes yeah no no it wasn't just random it was exactly the sort of thing that you'd, you'd imagine poking around in there uh, yeah you, you, I wish Fringe did st- stuff like this more often I wish they didn't have one crazy episode a season I wish they had 23 crazy episodes a season or maybe not 23 but more than one per season
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and I because they're all, all those episodes are fun like the musical episode is great yeah from what I remember yeah And it was it was like three seasons ago, but it was great. And I I, I wish they would they I mean, they probably wouldn't have gotten to five seasons, to be honest, if they'd gotten this crazy this often. But, you know, like a boy can dream.
1: Of course, the musical episode, Brown Betty, also named for a type of drug, hallucinogenic drug. that Right. Yes and um, as, as this one this was this time it's acid last time i think it was pot right really strong yeah, pot yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah this time it's several from what appears to be several hits of acid <laughs> although one of them he's taking in the middle of the trip so i'm not sure if he's actually meant to have taken it or not which is extra confusing mm-hmm. but um the uh but there wasn't just the tripping stuff that i liked I, I liked the effort even though it was confusing to me to be honest uh the effort to tie This part of the of the season back to um, Walter's original sort of trip to save Peter and the repercussions of that and him sort of recalling all this. If you asked me to draw a diagram explaining how we got from there to here, I couldn't possibly do it. But I appreciated the efforts to tie everything back to the stuff that we really do care about.
1: Well, and I liked that they stressed, okay, what happened in this timeline versus the timeline that we and the audience experienced and remember I thought you know having Sam Weiss in there as a shout out, you know some of these you know other things like the 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 Observer kid, you know we saw them interact with that kid, but this timeline's different, and so she had never met him before she chose to become Peter's Olivia versus her Olivia. um and so so I like that they didn't shy away from that and and instead embraced that and tried to make at least a little bit of this make sense. Yeah, viewers, I'm not sure it properly you know?
0: to be honest, I'm not sure it properly makes sense, but I but I like that they went for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really gotten quite confusing at this point. I mean, can't imagine people trying to dive in. Actually, maybe you'd be better off if you tried to dive in now versus like a season ago.
0: Yeah. In, in retrospect, do you think if if a if a new viewer watched Fringe and they just missed season 4, they'd be okay? Like if they went for, straight from season 3 to season 5?
1: You know, I'm actually I'm not sure. I until this episode I would have said probably, but because they have brought back the oh, which timeline is it? <laughs> this you know in this episode maybe not. I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I I I I feel like this episode was their chastening knowledge of like look, we've got like 3 hours left. We're not going to get this straightened out. Okay, just just go with it, all right?
1: Now, did you enjoy the uh the observer coming back? Uh the observer kid, I guess. I don't know if he has a name.
0: I don't even remember the observer kid, to be honest. I I'm I know we've seen him
1: before. It wasn't season 1. It's been a while.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I definitely don't remember this observer kid. Uh, and actually, I I skimmed my way through season one like I I I I, uh, I did it via like a list of good episodes, which was maybe like a third of the season. So you so might not have ever
1: seen it. Yeah. I
0: may I may have even yeah I was confused as to why I was supposed to have seen the Observer Kid before. Uh, so no, I don't really care about the Observer Kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, do you care about Donald? Uh, They've been pushing uh, that so hard. If it's not like a time traveled Walter or. Or Peter or something. It's gonna feel you know because there's I don't think there's any characters left that we care about who are alive. I,
0: I'm only I'm only going to accept it being one of those people, or if it's actually just Donald Sutherland. <laughs> I would be happy with one of those things. Fair enough. And nothing else.
1: Well, there's there's also this notion that the the scientist from Boston isn't actually Walter. That it's uh, actually Bell, um, since they've never referenced Walter specifically. As uh being right. Donald's contact, but uh I don't know we'll we'll, we'll except for I guess there's that see there one episode that had the peril or the pocket universe where we saw the two of them together, but uh yeah, there's a lot that's still up in the air, and given the way that they've been pushing it, I really hope they have some sort of payoff planned
0: yeah i i mean there's there's nothing they can do to make every single aspect of the show uh, click and pay off at this point, and I think they know that. Mm-hmm. Or at least I hope they know that, because they, if they even attempt to do that, it's just going to be a, a mess. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that they can do it in a way that isn't... I, if the show can manage to have an effective finale that doesn't have some obvious button-pushing love-conquers-all thing going on, which the show has done in the past, to, much to my chagrin, uh, then I'll be happy. That's all I really want. Yeah. I don't think it's too much to ask.
1: We don't have that long to wait until we find out. Uh, Unfortunately, there's only, like, what, four episodes left at this point, and two of them are a two-part finale. So we have a—I think it's an episode next week, um, and then a couple weeks off, and then we finish off the season, or the series, that is. Yes. So we'll see how they they pull it all together, or what happens. But Uh, yeah—
0: I'm looking forward to. I, I assume we're probably going to do a, a series retrospective spot when that happens. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing that.
1: I need to start watching some earlier season Fringe to start refreshing my memory. Yeah,
0: seriously, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need, especially the season two heyday. I feel like I need to watch some of it again.
1: I did very much enjoy because we already talked about the animation, but I did really like the the prism uh, cinem- you know, cinematography we got early in the episode with with Walter into you know tripping on acid as well as I'm enjoying this struggle between our Walter and original recipe Walter. And so I think giving John Noble more to do has been interesting. And I like that they spent the time to do that here. If it becomes, I liked how quickly they came back from observer Peter. I would be just as happy if they did a similar thing with Walter rather than stretching that out all the way to the end. But um, I trust them, especially to get character right. So, I, yeah. I, that that's the last thing for me about about this episode and and Fringe really for the season is I, I'm hoping that the characters all end up, you know, in an organic place.
0: Yes, and for Astrid, I think that means ending up as an action figure or something.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> in the background, just doesn't even move. Just stands yeah. there. Yeah. On Sunday, we have Bob's Burgers. God rest ye merry, gentle mannequins. What did you uh, think? Was this was this the Christmas episode for you this week?
0: Uh, oh, I'm tempted to say yes. Actually, uh, the other Christmas episode I'm thinking of was actually last week, but we didn't talk about it. Um, in terms of the ones this week, I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to give this one best Christmas episode by a hair, just because it was probably the most consistent. Parenthood had some great stuff, but, you know, we already went there with that. Uh, I thought Zach Galifianakis was really good in his guest role. I, I again, they're they're so good at at voice guest casting that I, I it took me a little while to place him, uh, even though he's got such a distinctive uh, distinctive presence. And uh, yeah, this this gave sort of equal duty to all the kids, which means which means almost always that it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, and Gene made a comment about giving a mannequin a penis that had me on the floor. That's that's all I got. Oh, and I also I also loved. Um, tina's envisioning of what she wanted to draw on her whiteboard
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh the the presents were pretty great and uh and and i think they did actually did a good job with all the different window displays too um and and the culmination of that was was entertaining uh and and perfectly disturbing in just the right kind of way uh the, yeah I, I i'm glad that they didn't have any christmas miracle There was no parented santa twinkle in this episode nope but I loved the shout out to that with uh with Tina. That was pretty great.
0: Uh with oh he's becoming a man oh no we're no it. Never mind.
1: Nothing's changing. There's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I like the the way the whole episode is actually subtly disturbing, but they, <laughs> they they never really go too far with it. Uh except for possibly the the gory window display midway through the episode. But uh, but again it, it it was a good it was a good holiday season for disturbing Christmas episodes. <laughs>
1: Now, this is our third seasonal, you know, holiday special from Bob's Burgers. We had Halloween, Thanksgiving, and now Christmas. Which one was the best?
0: Oh, I think I still have to give the edge to Halloween, just slightly. Okay. Uh, In fact, out of the three, this may have been my least favorite, but they were all really good.
1: Yeah, but it's really an embarrassment of riches this season. Yes. Yeah.
0: Hint, hint. Hint, hint.
1: (laughs) Next week, Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. After Bob's, normally I would talk about uh, the voice. I'm just going to wait till that finishes. I think it's obvious at this point that Cassidy Pope is going to win, and so there feels like very little to talk about that I haven't already said. So I'll just leave it there. But that'll take us to 1600 Pen, which had its pilot uh, this this Monday, and yes, that means it's time for pilots again. Yay! Uh, this is a a family sitcom where the 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 paterfamilias is also the president. So Bill Pullman is the president. Jenna Elfman is his uh, second wife. And he has four kids, uh, presumably from a previous marriage. And uh, they get into all sorts of hijinks. And it's a regular family drama or sitcom all the stuff regular families deal with just at the White House. Now that sounds like a terrible, terrible show. Uh, Yes, to you?
0: To Uh, to me it it sounds
1: terrible. Yes, and this is a passable show. It'll be based on the pilot, and I've heard that it actually gets better and I think that is a credit to Bill Pullman and Jenna Elfman and even Josh Gad as the the wastrel son skip um This show should not work, and yet a lot of it does, and I think that just you know ties into how much it, you know comedy experience, especially Jenna Elfman has. And you know, the number of times that Bill Pullman has played the President, so we all sort of just accept him in that role. uh I will actually probably check back in with this after a few weeks and uh see what's what's happening because i you know there are a lot of people saying that the show will does get better in the next few episodes um I expected to really dislike this show, and I didn't, so congrats to them.
0: Can I just raise my hand and ask a question? So what happened to Bill Pullman, the president, being married to Mary McDonnell?
1: Uh, what? We've Independence
0: seen... Day? I haven't no? Seen...
1: I have not seen Independence Day.
0: Ah, uh, there you go. I felt Vology. like I saw
1: the best part of that in seeing the, the White House explode.
0: Oh, yes, you did. Yes. Uh, all right, well, I'm just wondering, how did he get from-
1: Maybe she's the first wife.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm wondering, did they get divorced? Did she die? Did she blow up when the White House blew up and I didn't pay enough attention?
1: Yeah, not enough information in the pilot. So we'll have to wait and see. That would be hilarious if they brought her on as the as the previous wife at some point. Uh, so No we'll reason see, we'll they see can't. They do. Yeah, no reason they can't. But that does conclude our week in TV. And so next up we have homeland it's finale the choice and we're gonna talk uh talk about a bit about the season as a whole so let, we'll take a break here listen to a little music and come back with our season spotlight on homeland i'm always chasing rainbows watching clouds drifting by my schemes are just
0: like all my dreams Ending in the sky Some fellas look and find the sunshine
1: I always look and find the rain ...a bit of Mandy Patinkin singing, because I like Mandy Patinkin singing. He's a good singer, and he should sing more. And they, he doesn't sing on the show, but I figured, why not? Because we hate the intro to this show, so I didn't really want to do a clip.
0: <laughs> it's not to knock the music in the intro, which is fine, but it's inextricably linked to the intro itself, which is easily one of the worst on television.
1: Yeah, very much not good. So I figured, why not do some Mandy Patinkin singing? Because, as many other critics have mentioned, in this finale, The Choice... Randy Patinkin was killing it.
0: Yeah, he was the best part of this finale, I think. And just the fact that this episode leaves it open to Saul playing a bigger role, mostly because so many other characters are dead, uh, is exciting. Uh, I don't know if that's how it's going to pan out, but I I did feel like this wasn't as Saul-heavy a season as I would have liked.
1: Yeah, I I would concur. I don't know how many different ways it could have incorporated him more with it feeling organic. His his limited role actually made sense. But it didn't doesn't mean that it, you know, wasn't a disappointment overall. I, I I'd rather have at this point with the show, I'd rather have him crowbarred into scenes where he doesn't belong but get more salt time <laughs> than be yeah. honest to the world. And that's not something I would have said earlier in the season or you know, at the end of last season I would have absolutely been for all for verisimilitude and reality but if the show's already decided it doesn't care about reality, so if it doesn't care about reality, let's get some more of the bear.
0: Yeah, let's get a musical episode while we're at it too. Um, Sounds good to me. Why not? Let's let's get fantastical in this bitch. Um, so yeah, let's let's get to the choice. Um, you know, I I I gave myself an ultimatum before this episode aired that okay, if they don't have the guts to kill Brody, it's not making it making it into my top ten this year. And there's so much in this first half hour of this episode that's like, yes, we are going to kill Brody.
1: <laughs> I don't know if
0: you picked up on that, but there's roughly 10,000 tons of foreshadowing saying, by the way, yes, we're going to kill Brody. And I was like, oh, this is satisfying. This feels good. And no, they were doing it just to fuck with us. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I always respect when a show goes big, especially you know big finales are always a, are always a hoot um mind you i'm not really sure and i know that there was some discussion at showtime about this not really sure it was the most fortuitous timing for a mass killing on american soil episode but uh, okay you know I, I i respect that they went big but they didn't go big in the way that i was hoping
1: yeah they went they went big and that they killed a bunch of people who either didn't care about or actively disliked um and 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 the, the the characters that made life easier for most of our main characters. So Estes was a major pain in the ass for our our leads, and so now he's conveniently killed, and we don't have to worry about you know Saul getting uh get, getting in trouble because of that that report that Estes was able to to dredge up, um, you know, making him look like a a, a big problem within the CIA, and uh, we we don't have to worry about Finn. And his vehicular manslaughter coming up again because he's dead now, and nope. uh, and really any character that you know that could have maybe caused some issues down the line, you know, even the Walden's wife, who I could see her uh, becoming a a power broker kind of political figure, and maybe creating some problems when she you know for Brody or the other people down the line, she's dead too. Uh, so so really, aside from the ridiculousness of a car being able to be parked there for that long, and the 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 um the drug sniffing dogs and the cameras and everything not finding the C four, as well as Brody not finding the C four in his own car, aside from the ridiculousness of that, uh, the fact that they just decided to kill two hundred face mostly faceless characters that most of which you know the ones who did have faces we didn't we don't like uh just really had me completely uh dis- disengaged from this finale
0: yeah I, I did think it was if you accept you know everything that you just said i thought it was a well-executed sequence
1: mm-hmm. uh in
0: terms of in terms of not giving you a whole lot of lead time to anticipate what you're about to be seeing uh which feels right uh, but yeah, all of those issues are uh, are definitely present, and I, I think that it goes in tandem with a lot of the other sort of credibility issues we've had over the last... Especially, I would say, I think the show is doing pretty well up until Q&A, which was an amazing episode, a legitimately amazing episode, and then after that, it's kind of been struggling. Uh, maybe not consistently, but certainly um, intermittently. And... Yeah, I'm not really sure precisely where it, it started to go wrong, but uh, it definitely feels like the show's got a, a much bigger credibility issue, at least to me, than it did last year.
1: Well, I, I would I would actually point to Q&A is where it went wrong. As amazing as most of that episode is, that is also the episode where we get the, the random vehicular manslaughter from Finn and Dana.
0: Oh, yes, it is, isn't it?
1: And also, that's—I feel like that's the first episode that I started going eh, question mark to the show in in how quickly Carrie was able to to flip Brody. It would I mean it was masterfully executed, and the, you know it's a, an amazing. It's one of the best episodes of the year, despite how terrible that Dana storyline, uh, at least to me, turned out to be. Um, and yet, it—I feel like it was a turning point in the 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 approach. To the show that the producers seem to have and I know it's easy to compare the show to 24 because of the you know shared creator um, and so maybe that's a bit of a lazy comparison but that's the point where certain elements of the show started to feel like 24 and not like homeland and not like what the show had been
0: yeah well I mean, I, I've actually never watched 24 so I can't I can't uh, draw that comparison but that, that's definitely one that I've, I've heard quite a bit and it, you know what it's it's funny you know as, as annoyed as we were by the Dana plot line, that ended up being, like, the least of the show's problems for me. Like, it was it was annoying, it was silly, but it it was—you it, know, it passed—it it didn't have all the—it didn't have as many credibility issues for me as the major plot stuff did as we were going forward.
1: I would agree with that, but then I think—I think, I think the, the issue with that is you look at Dana in this finale— and I think the scenes we got with her and Brody were fabulous. I I loved the uh, scene at the end where she's like, "I know what you guys think, but I know that it did, that he didn't do it because I saw him on the day when he was going to explode everybody, and I saw him today, and it's not, you know, it's not the same. I know the difference in when my father's being all suicide bombery and when he's not." And I thought that was so, so much more interesting than anything else that we saw, you know, that character deal with post Finn. And and it just really was a disappointment that that's, you know, they couldn't they couldn't come up with other ideas of how to, you know, use that character and how to get that character to a point mm-hmm. of distrust of her father, than to have her, you know, be a, a the the witness to her her boyfriend running somebody over with his car.
0: What what I want to know is what are they going to do with Chris Brody next season? How many more rooms can he be asked to leave?
1: <laughs> Chris B- Brody, kung fu champ. I, th- I think he. Uh, we have to worry about if he's going to join Cobra Kai or if he's going to yeah. stay on the good side of things.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, Chris. Uh, and yeah, let's. I guess we should talk about the Brodies a little bit, and specifically Jessica and Dana. Um, you know, and going forward, you know, as I, in my in my dream version of Homeland, you know, where Brody is dead. This episode where they actually went through with it. Uh, via Quinn or not, I don't really care. Um, you know, there, there would we, we would have to ditch the Brodies, mm-hmm. you know, all of them. And you know, this is a concept we come back to time and time again on every single pop culture based podcast ever. Killing your babies, you know, Baccarin's great. Um, God, girl who plays Dana,
1: Morgan. <laughs> I don't remember her last name. First name's Morgan though.
0: Morgan, girl who plays Dana is great. Um, they're they're great characters, and Brody is a, a is or at least was a great character. Damien Lewis is a fantastic actor, as well as clearly an awards magnet for them. Uh, but you know, reading interviews with Ganza and Howard, they it, it's clear like they they pretty much just flat out state like we don't know what to do if we kill Brody. It's just not a future we're comfortable with, and that is not good enough.
1: No, it's it's really not. And especially when you have he's got to be the most recognizable person right in the world right now in the world of homeland. Yeah. He was he was incredibly famous and and very recognizable before he "air quotes" suicide bombed 200 people with his car before, you know, the world thought that he did that and, and before his suicide video was released. And now he's just going to hide out in Canada?
0: Is is he going to do the Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder thing?
1: Well, I mean, just this notion that, first of all, that anybody's... I don't care who he is. The notion that anybody's going to help him out feels very strange. Because um, I don't feel like Ka- Ka- uh, Carrie's contacts are the kind that would be like, Oh, Osama, come hang out with us. You have money, right? I, I don't feel like that's the level of... You know, they don't care about anything but money that Carrie's contacts would be just based on her. Um, but that's what we're supposed to believe, that this June was her name is just gonna help him even though he's him. And uh and even though she has no warning that he's coming, I don't know, It's just there the fact that they were supposed to buy that he's gonna be able to just hang out somewhere feels very strange.
0: Well, and he's been he and he's also been burned with his old terrorist contacts
1: yeah it's not like you know like he can go there
0: yeah yeah he's just the notion of him making it even out of some parts of this episode were just ludicrous um also since i mentioned him the quinn scene was very silly as well
1: now which quinn scene
0: uh the quinn scene where he changes his mind about killing brody and then goes and threatens the head of the cia because why not
1: because that's uh, what the, a soldier does. Somebody that Daradal, you know, would define as a soldier. That's the way he acts.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but uh, it, which is not to slight Rupert Friend, who I actually thought was an interesting addition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like I d-
1: Quinn. I like the actor. You know, it just that that didn't it didn't feel earned.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. Um, let's see what else happened in this episode. <laughs> uh, you know, I I think also. In retrospect, the show's insistence on uh, front and centering uh, Carrie, the Carrie and Brody love fest, overall in this back half was a mistake as well. Yeah. You know, well, it, I, you know, the, 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 and this is something also that Ganson and Howard talked about. You know, whenever we have these two actors together, it's great, and that's true. Except but it I,
1: didn't feel that great to me in this finale.
0: No, normally not really.
1: I love them together, but they, it, I was bored.
0: Yeah, we're 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 over it. I think at this point, Carrie yeah. and Brody. Like, yeah. At at first, it was weird and wrong and electric and like, and you know, it had that it it had that appeal to it. But now it's just like, oh well, he's left his wife, and it's just it's just a couple of it's just they're just a couple, I guess.
1: Well, but even just their chemistry, it seemed like it was non-existent to me in this episode. It was just they could have been any two people. It's like, yeah. It, it, it didn't feel like Carrie and Brody, necessarily. Um, it was just
0: Claire Danes and Damian Lewis. It was
1: just, here's a happy couple who has some issues at a lake house, but they're not going to fight about any of their issues. They're just going to be happy. And and maybe it's just because this was a finale and because we're used to Homeland having the the Homeland pace, pulling a Homeland. But, yes. uh, but when we have, what, somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes of just Carrie and Brody hanging out, yeah, I, did, I didn't think there was very much tension. I really didn't think Brody was going to be killed. If he was killed by Quinn, I didn't think it was going to happen that early in the episode. And so it just felt like a really long character set piece, mood piece about the two of them, which is great, and I love that. It's just not so much in the finale. I kept yeah. waiting for because I knew they were going to do something. And so that felt like a lot of filling time.
0: Yeah, it was especially uneventful. And you're right, we don't really get the spark between them at all. And the the fact that they go back to the, you know, to the setting of the weekend for this uh, was especially just, oh, remember, Laring, that, episode? Yeah. remember that episode?
1: Remember that episode? how
0: great that was?
1: We had so much more chemistry in that episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we didn't, we when we weren't even doing this yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, <sighs> where am I going with this? Um, but I mean, you know, we've, we're, we're not strangers to the TV blogosphere. I I think that in general, uh, what I saw of, of this series finale and the series and the season in general, was it just getting really well received? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, why do you think that is? Like, do you think people are just, (laughs) do you Mm -hmm. think people are are not, are not critical enough or are are we just too difficult to please?
1: Well, that's what I was gonna come to you next, actually. And uh, so, once again, the Tellers Hive Mind is in effect. Uh, we have, you know, put together a top ten list. The site wide top ten TV list will be out uh, by the time people are hearing this. Probably, if not, uh, then it'll be tomorrow. And, uh, and and so I've been looking at other top ten lists and, and such. And uh, my issues with the finale aside, I mean, there's obviously a lot that's really great about Homeland. This is. Excellent, uh, excellent actors. Really, you know, well produced for the most part. The issue has been more with the writing, I think, in the second half of the season than anything else. But for me, this is not a top ten show anymore. And the, fa- I mean, it came out was it number two, number one, or number two on the HitFix critics poll, which was just a huge number of critics. I was kind of snapping through, and almost everybody seemed to have it, you know, first place, second place, definitely in their top five and with so much great television this season i don't understand why so many you know but why this is getting so much love
0: yeah i don't know it's um i guess there's something to be said for having captured the zeitgeist mhm in the in the sense of you know it is a show about terrorism and terrorism is still very much on everyone's mind and i i i i, I hate to be cynical but i think it's it's hit that sweet spot of being topical while also being, while also giving people you know a a couple to latch onto you know big emotional beats and and since it's managed to combine those things maybe people don't look at it as critically as maybe they should.
1: Well, and also if I, you know, people approach their lists in different ways, and if you're gonna have uh, if you're somebody who one amazing episode is enough to to, to lift the entire show for you, then Q and A is enough. To, to get yeah. Homeland on your top 10. And also, this is part of my pet peeve with people putting out their top 10 lists so early, a lot of people, you know, ranked their lists before the finale, or even in some cases, they were lists out at the very beginning of December. So they didn't see the last two or three episodes before they were ranking shows. So maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic about people, you know, <laughs> critics that I respect right, yeah. who have the show way too high. Maybe that's part of it. Granted, in my, I would just say, don't put out your top ten TV list until you've had a chance to see the finale of one of the biggest shows of the year. But that's me. Well, um, I,
0: I was I was watching Steppenwall's little video on his top ten, and he had Homeland at number ten. And he said, like, look, look, I haven't seen the finale yet. If it's not so great, I'm okay with having the show at number ten. If it's great, maybe I'll move it up a bit. And his his logic was, yeah, like, the it's had some problems, but the acting is good enough, and it's had some... Some highlights that are good enough that I, I don't mind putting it at the bottom of the list. That logic I, I can get, mm-hmm. uh, but having it at number one is just not thinking enough about what you're watching, if you ask me, or not seeing enough other TV. or not
1: seeing enough other t- TV. And we'll talk about this next week. But the the amount of really fantastic TV is, and also just under just really good, really good to great. There's a huge swath of shows that yeah. fall in that category.
0: Well, and it, and thinking about shows that are like way less exciting, I guess, in the sense that they inspire met much fewer think pieces on Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that are just that you watch that you, that you watch every week, and they're just so consistently good or or mm-hmm. so, so threatening to be great. Something like The Good Wife, for instance. Which again, I don't even know if that made our our, our top ten. Yeah. But um, you know that's so much harder to do than yeah. something where you're. You know, making it up as making it up as you go along every week, and oh, sometimes things don't that up, but that's all right. We're going to speed past it. Like, it, it's it's a little bit unfortunate the things that that TV critics and viewers respect and the things that they don't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we you, I feel like the the biggest revelation for for me this season has been Tremé because of course I hadn't seen it before this year. I watched all of it this year, um, and yet that's a show that it's showing up on some critics' lists. Um, but it, it had perhaps its best season yet, and the number of times I saw it ranked under Homeland it was just it was just making my little geek heart rage because I I will take <laughs> meaningful character work every day of the week over a confusing and plot hole ridden explosion of action every day of the week.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Hint. Uh, <anyway.
1: laughs> Hint. Spoiler alert for next week. Yeah. Treme will be on my list. But where will it be? Ooh. Where
0: will it be? Yes. I, maybe it'll be on my list, too. I don't know. <laughs> no spoilers so, for me.
1: Now, let, let, in, in ending our season discussion of Homeland, and I, I do want to stress there is a lot that Homeland did really well this season, and it is a very good show. It's just, for me, it's not in that category of great this season, and I'm assuming that uh, that the Brody's are probably, if not gone, then greatly reduced next season. Somebody needs to hire Marina Bacherin and give her a good character stat. Uh, she needs to be on my TV more, playing an interesting, you know, character. Uh, but uh, what do you think of uh, the strengths of this season? Were aside from you know Q and A, and what are you? Are you looking forward to for Season 3, or predicting for Season 3, or are you even going to watch Season 3?
0: Ooh, uh, Well, I'm going to watch Season 3, because why not, unless it really goes more badly off the rails. And, and just to be clear, I don't see any reason that they couldn't steer the ship back on a good course if they kill Brody. Um,
1: Don't cut to you know if if Brody isn't you know still a regular character that will be incredibly promising.
0: Yeah, I mean clearly he's gonna at least have to have a reduced role, and if 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 they make him if if they make where's Brody at just like a near season long mystery, and manage to come up with an uh, with an answer that doesn't piss me off, that would be great. (laughs) There's still the materials here for a for a really good show, Um, but what what what's more likely to happen is. Uh, I don't really see. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I don't see much interaction with the Brodies unless they cut to a few months later and it's Mike uh, as the as the Brody patriarch, and um and then starting with the moment that Brody gets back in touch with them, um just because that's something that he would do.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: like I can totally see that happening. So yeah, I I could actually see them folding all the Brodies back in um maybe again it would be really tricky to imagine them on a permanent basis on the show but you know stranger things have happened um but yeah in terms of strengths of this season i mean the acting has remained top notch um uh, mandy Pat- and i think also in what well, it was nice to get uh sol we didn't get as much Saul as we got last year but we got him in more in a in a wider variety of situations i think even sort of with him in the last few episodes in custody was just so, so great to see him play seething rage yeah. and, you know, and ace polygraphs and just, and flip off everyone who comes in the room it was great. Um, I, I, I guess we're going to get his wife back next season, which was a development I did not foresee.
1: Yeah, it, was, it was, that was a lovely surprise. It'll be interesting to see because we do, you know, Manny Patinkin's just, like as I said earlier, he's killing it. He's doing a great job with that character. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that affects him, how that affects Saul and his approach to to family and work. He already lost his wife once from work. Is he gonna do the same thing again, or is, is that gonna come into play in you know with his increased role at the CIA? We can assume because he is not dead and therefore <laughs> <Yes>. promoted. <laughs> I
0: think I think actually he and Carrie might be the entire CIA now.
1: I, I'm looking forward to some hopefully some uh, F. Mary Abraham next season as Daradol. I think that could be fun. More Quinn. I think that could be good, too, um, depending on which way they go with that character. I, I do not need to see him full of rage because he thinks that by not killing Brody, he is responsible for all those deaths. That is going to get old quickly because the audience yes. knows it's not true. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I I do think that, you know, there's, there have been a lot of strengths to this season. It's just, I, I, you know, and it's hard to blame a show that it was so excellent in its first season. It's sort of like Veronica Mars, which had a nearly perfect first season and the second season was good, but it wasn't as good as the first season in which it almost couldn't be because the material was so much more personal in the first season that, you know, how do you follow that up? How do you follow up a season finale like last season like the first season finale of homeland
0: yeah uh although to be fair i like veronica Mars season two more way more than i like homeland season two yeah me um, too <laughs> and, and i don't have as, as many serious misgivings about that season as other people do but uh, you know go listen to our our shelf on that for more information yeah um <laughs> yeah uh i mean i don't think it i don't think they were in an impossible position i just think they were in a very difficult one and mm-hmm. i would have liked to have seen them rise to the to the task the way i was hoping they would and they didn't quite do that but which is what which is not to say they totally screwed the pooch there's mm-hmm. still time for that um, <laughs> but uh yeah i'm i'm hoping next season they can uh, they can properly steer the ship kill
1: brody yeah i could see this turning into a dexter t- kind of situation dexter also had a really strong first season and then each season after that sort of waxed and waned depending on if you liked their, you know, their season-long arc or their villain, or the, the, basically the guest star who came in and was really significant that season, mm-hmm. um, and and so <sighs> leading to the point where we're at now with Dexter. But uh,
0: yeah, can, can I can I just say quickly? I, I I didn't want to talk about it, but I did actually watch the Dexter finale. Man, that was not good television.
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, in our in our best of the rest wrap up, I think I think disappointments is going to be one of our our lists there. So we'll uh, we'll have more to say about Dexter because as you
0: can tell, we love talking about disappointment. It's clearly, our favorite thing to do.
1: Clearly, and um, yeah, so I guess just to, for me, my my final thought on on Homeland this season: yes, it's still good. No, it's not great. I don't get all the the buzz for the season as a whole, but. It You know, it it still has, I think you're right, I think it has a lot of potential for what it could be in its next season, depending on what the, the creator's priorities are. So hopefully they will take some time off, you know, to, to, to think, you know, do an assessment of where they're at and what strengths they have, what weaknesses they have. And, you know, kind of pull out of the skid a little bit.
0: Uh, yeah, if, if, if they get as bold with exploding annoying plot elements as they are with exploding characters we don't care about. It'll, it'll be good again.
1: <laughs> so that wraps up uh, this week of the Televerse. A few show notes here at the end. Of course, our intro and outro music is Sweet Petite by The Bicycles. You can find a post-up at org for this episode. You can leave us comments there. Let us know what uh, what you thought of Homeland's finale, what you think of the rest of this week in TV, uh, what your pick for best Christmas episode was, and uh, what should our question be?
0: Oh, God. Um
1: I guess why don't we why don't we see uh, since everything goes on hiatus? I'm I'm curious what people usually watch if they if you still watch stuff when everything's on hiatus, you know if you don't just watch the repeats or take some time off from watching TV. I'm curious what people you know watch instead. Yeah,
0: do they do they dig up an older series or?
1: You know yeah, or, or do they just stick
0: to porn I don't know
1: <laughs> yeah so let us let us know what you you know how you're filling all of these uh these hiatus weeks with um and of course you can leave a comment at the site or you can tweet at us I'm at the televerse you are
0: I'm at sucker Howell.
1: and then of course you can always email us theteleverse at gmail dot com um so thank you everyone for listening. we'll be back next week with our top ten of the year and all sorts of other good 2012 retrospective talk. Um, so, So thank you for listening and we'll be back next week.